Well, the San Jose Sharks come out of the All-Star break with a fury in a 4-3 to victory in overtime against the Tampa Bay Lightning. We'll be talking about that and the trade rumors heating up after this. But first, if you want to be a part of the show and would like to teal together with us, check us out across all the social media platforms, that being the Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, chat, SoundCloud, Reddit, Discord, and everything on our website at tealtownusa.com. I am pleased to be joined by Miss Dana May. How are you doing this evening, Dana? Um, we're gathered here today, uh, at the Jacob Magna Memorial podcast, um, <laughs> to discuss my second win of the season. Yay. <laughs> um, yes, I did it. Um, cool. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's where I'm at. I'm going to, I'm going to miss Jacob Magna, but, uh, looks like, um, looks like, uh, Carlson isn't slowing down without him. So. <laughs> yeah, right. It doesn't really matter who you pair with Carlson. He just seems to continue to really play at an elite level. So it's uh, it's good to see that the def- the defense was able to kind of pick up the pieces without him. Uh, that, of course, uh, coming out of the All-Star break over the weekend on Sunday, Jacob Magna was traded to the Seattle Kraken for a fourth-round pick in the upcoming 2020-23 draft. And uh, I think it's a good depth pickup for Seattle. I think, again, you're trying to maximize value uh, for the Sharks and getting a fourth-round pick for an undrafted free agent that you were able to sign, I think really bodes well for the Sharks and just just gives them a little bit more uh, ammunition going into draft day. Dana, I mean, just quick initial thoughts on the trade. And, I mean, Jacob Megna seemed to really steady Carlson at the beginning of the year. um, And they had kind of a good thing going, but able to maximize the value for sure. Yeah, no, it's good. It's uh, one of the first um, Mike Greer moves where I'm like, yeah, slam dunk. Good job. Obviously, he didn't sign Megna back in the day, but... um, yeah, but it's again, it's just found money, um, and uh, he will be missed. I, I am really gonna, you know, he's just like very like smiley. His kids are cute. Like, um, I'm gonna miss that. And of course, uh, Eric Carlson's wife commented on Instagram like a bunch of like sad faces about him being traded. So it seems like the team, he's like a great guy, and the uh, team loves him. So. Um, you know, but it's one of those like, oh, don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Um, uh, he was one of the bright spots this season, and um, and he's on his way to a contender now. So uh, I, I wish him nothing but the best in Seattle, and um, and I wish our what was it fifth round pick, fourth round, fourth round, fourth round pick. Uh, I, I wish whatever fetus is going to be that fourth round. Oh, wait, is it this year? Yes, it is for this year. 
Oh, okay. Never mind. What um, 18 year old child, um, whoever we pick, I, I wish them the best as well. <laughs> Sorry, whenever like people, you know how like w- WHL or something, they can like trade draft picks like 10 years from now. That's when I call, I'll call that player a fetus, but yeah, right. 18 year old, just a child. Yeah. Yeah. They are, they are still just a child, but um, you had Jacob McDonald coming in for this evening's game, uh, filling in for Jacob Megna. Um, Jacob Megna. Isn't that Jacob Harrington McDonald. originally? Uh, his and then they, they switched mid game. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, still feeling it. Yeah, I know. And, and they both start with Jacob. So it's kind of like hard to follow along. Right. You know, Jacob Magna, wow. Jacob McDonald. But anyhow, he acquitted uh, himself well on the uh, on the short notice. Uh, but getting into the game, um, you know, the Sharks would start off a little slow. <laughs> um, stop me if you've seen this before. But the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning and Ross Colt, uh, Colton getting his 11th on the season score at two minutes and 10 seconds into the game. And we have been continually lamenting the fact that this team gives up the first goal within, you know, five minutes of a period start. (laughs) And uh, here they are doing it again, seeming as if they're skating through quicksand coming out of the all-star break. But I mean, Dana, what, what did you see on this one just besides the blown coverage and the, the continual train wreck that so, is the Sharks defense. Um, the worst clearing attempt I've ever seen in my life, or certainly up there. Um, not, you know, it, it was a team effort between Ferraro and um, Lindblom. <laughs> That's going to be dang it. Um, yeah, no. This is just really dumb. Um that, that's what I saw. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to, like, dunk on the Sharks too much because obviously they still won in the end. But, um, yeah, they're, they're going to they're gonna be watching that videotape for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, Mario Ferraro just, I don't know if he puts too much on it or just expects Limbaum to maybe um, – allow that puck to bounce off of the uh, of the dasher or the sideboard there but you know it it just seemed like somebody had a brain fart whether it was Ferraro uh, deciding okay I'm gonna blast it over to Limbaum or Limbaum just not letting it go and you know taking the man instead of you know going after the puck but it just created a a cacophony of issues for themselves in that defensive zone because you just had Ross Colton kind of streaking down and Capo uh, Cockenden just dead to rights. You know, he's, he's all sprawled out and, and Colton's gotten an empty six, you know, six by nine and able to, you know, get his, get his 11. So you thought that the Sharks again, kind of would come out a little slowly after the all-star break. It's the kind of their MO. <laughs> um, but again, it just that one was just one of those ones. You you just have to make sure that that puck leaves the zone. I mean, at the bare minimum. I mean, you'd li- love to keep some possession there and and be able to get Limbaum to at least maybe try to possess the puck and then go for another little chip pass or something. But at least allow that puck to clear the zone. However, the Sharks would draw a power play and would get a power play goal 
by Eric Carlson, who we had said has been on a tear. The all-star defenseman himself gets his 17th on the season on the power play with Meyer and Hurdle. And this is just one of those ones where he cocks back and just releases and beautiful shot on net. Dana, I mean, what you... He doesn't look down. Yeah, right? I mean, That's what's so... Yeah. Like how, that's what, I mean, that, sorry. I, I was just going to say, how, how has he really regained his form? It, it seemed like before very much a trigger shy kind of wants to, to be a playmaker, but now has really taken everything on himself and can shoot and can pass and can do whatever you want him to do in the offensive zone. I mean, it, it just seems like we're looking at a completely different player than we did see, see last year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a lot of things. I think um, lack of Burns. Uh, I, I think, I don't think Burns being on the team. So, you know, there are a lot of people like kind of reading into what dynamics may or may not have, you know, between like personalities. I don't think it's anything like that. I think it's literally just a matter of Burns and Carlson are redundant. Um, and when I, I think it works a lot better to have that one really strong offensive defenseman and you really don't need a second one um and david quinn's coaching style definitely suits carlson better um and also like injuries guys like i know it you know last year and the year before it was always oh no carlson with the injuries but it's like injuries are a thing and they do affect people's play (laughs) i guess this is news to some people legitimate like you know i when people say like in previous years oh he's washed what is he 31 like especially you know if if he were a forward yeah it's on the older side but like defenseman that's often you know late 20s 30 ish that's can be the prime for a lot of people so i i was not surprised um yeah it's 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 been good to see um and um, it's, it's been, a, it's been a bright spot this season. Um, but, uh, I, I'm, I'm fully convinced about him winning the Norris as long as everything continues, um, as it has. Cause I just, I don't think you can argue with the numbers. Like it's funny to see, um, uh, you know, hockey media, that kind of thing, sit there and try and come up with a reason not to give it to him. <laughs> Cause other than the sharks being bad, I feel like if you're the best defenseman and you're on a horrible team like double points do you agreed i i think that you know he's got he's just got that groove back you know he's got that um real i guess just the sense to know when to jump into a play know where to outlet the puck to and, and he's just able to really kind of predict the game and let the game kind of come to him versus, I don't know, I, I was seeing a player that was trying to force a lot of things before and, you know, really seeing a player that was kind of in his own head onto when he should be shooting versus when he should be passing. So, you know, I, I think for me at least, it's it's just seeing a player that's returned to form and, and returning to a guy that we knew was somewhere in there um, but had just taken a little while to adjust or 
get through the injuries or what have you. So, again, it's good to see um, Eric on the ascent. And, you know, I hope, you know, he can continue to be a piece that the Sharks can use to, to build around um, because, you know, he's he's one of the few stars that we have on the team that are a legitimate superstar um, type of, yeah. of, you know, offensive defenseman. So, and, he, and he's playing like it right now. Yeah. Um, um, sorry, a, l- a little more on Carlson. I thought of something. So, yeah, I, I like that he has a little bit more of a shoot-first mentality because um, – I've, I've noticed a lot, even when he does take a shot, maybe it, you know, bounces off the goalie. Maybe it goes somewhere else. Someone can usually pick that up and and then, you know, put it in. Um, but when he does have those moments where he's like, he's out there, he's, you know, far back and he just like sees this eagle eye, um, you know, a spot uh, that the uh, goalie is, is not covering and and he just knows and he doesn't even look down when he shoots. Like he's just like, I know where the puck is. I'm keeping my eye on the prize. Like it is just, it is beautiful to watch. It is just, I love it. Saving grace, the sharks. Okay. Now you may continue. I needed to go on another Carlson spiel. (laughs) Well, you know, the, the good feelings unfortunately wouldn't last because uh, the sharks would uh, go on to the penalty kill uh, and, Braden Point getting this 30th on the season. I mean, this is just literally NHL 99 or or uh, NHL 23, whatever, you know, whatever, pick your poison, but just video game-like, you know, tic-tac-toe into the back of the net. Um, the Sharks were really just unable to, um, to really mount a, a sustained defense. And, uh, you know... This one is just one of those ones you got to just tip your hat to a, a better team. And and I thought that that was really personified on that power play. Um, what did you see from Tampa Bay's power play, Dana, that, that looked like it was exposing something in the Sharks? Um, I mean, the Sharks' PK has <laughs> not had the best track record recently, so there's that. But I agree. Like, I think Tampa just did a really good job, and I can't really point to, like, one particular um, F-up um, on the Sharks' part in that case. Um, uh, what's his name? <laughs> I was about to say Colton Point. I'm like, no, that's that's not right. Uh, Braden Point, he's just a really good player. Um, and, and he did well tonight. And uh, the the Tampa Bay Lightning would get the the lead there at two to one, um, and really in that last latter half of the of the first period, it looked like the Sharks were um, kind of on the back foot and allowing a lot of shots to be kind of funneled towards the net towards Kakinen. Um, Braden Point would end up scoring again, getting his thirty first of the year. Um, Sergachev and Kucherov with the assists at sixteen forty four, um, which Again, I mean, we could talk about the defensive blunder um, and we could talk about how, uh, you know, again, these continual mess ups. um, Well, really just, yeah, sorry. Pup is kind of being a little little rascal there. Um, No, but uh, again, it just those those defensive lapses um, and. It, it's it's a bad team playing a good team, right? And and I think that really defensively aligning and and all of that, you know, kind of um, 
technical side of it, it just gives way to the star power, you know, and Braden Point is a darn good player in this league and, he, you know, is consistent. Um, so, uh, again, you kind of had the feeling that this was going to go south, um, especially because of the Sharks seemingly, um, I mean, having probably their best game of the season prior to the All-Star break, you really didn't know what you were going to get out of the team coming out of it. Um, but, you know, they stayed resilient, and I think they went into that first intermission, and I think, you know, kind of regrouped a little bit and um, had their coming-to-Jesus moment or whatever they needed to have <laughs> um, in that first intermission. Because um, in the second, I mean, they played a lot more of a clean game, and I felt like it was really locked down, and it seemed like um, those passes that they were missing up in the first period, allowing um, Tampa Bay to come back into the zone and, and allow them to create offense off of their miscues, they really cut a lot of that out in that second period. And again, it just it kind of looked like a team that woke woke up and decided, hey, we're going to play some hockey today. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I think for the most part, carried most of the play in that second period. Um, Daniel, did you see anything in the second that that you thought maybe would be a precursor to to what we saw in the third and in overtime? Um, it, it just they just had a little more pep in their step. I think they really realized like we are going toe to toe with this team. They got shelled seven to one last night by a clearly worse team, not as bad as the Sharks, but. You know, in in maybe the same realm somewhere in their mediocrity to, eh. um, and I think the sharks realize like we do have a chance here, um, and I think that uh, that led to good things. I will say, what was the final shot count? Because I know it was like super skewed, especially in the second. So the final shot count was 37 to 22 overall. Mm. And in that second period, uh, it was San Jose seven shots with Tampa Bay having five shots. Now. Okay. I guess I was like looking at the totals, but I think it was also not Brian Elliott's best night ever. Um, I'm, I'm looking, it looks like he was sporting an 818. Um, so I think the Sharks caught him kind of out of position a few times, which definitely helped. But but I, I do think there did become more a sense of, like, we are going toe-to-toe with them, even at that point they that Tampa was still in the lead. But, um, but they had a chance, and they probably also maybe got the sense that, um, you know, that, that their goalie wasn't, uh, you know, well, first of all, it's, it wasn't Vasilevsky in net, and second of all, Elliot wasn't having the sharpest night. Yeah. Well, you know, the Sharks would end up capitalizing, though, on a power play um, themselves. And Timo Meyer ga- gaining his 29th goal of the season with Barabanov and Couture getting the assists. And um, that would make it 2-3. to three, And that would come, uh, come in the 16-23 mark of the second period. So, you know, the Sharks were, I think at that point, um, 
playing well, <laughs> but then allowed a seemingly another goal to Tampa Bay that came off the uh, that came off the board with a great challenge by um, uh, Quinn and the and the coaching staff and able to continue to preserve the two to three lead that Tampa had instead of looking down a two to four lead um, against uh, Tampa, which uh, came coming into this game. Uh, had been, I think, 20-0 and 0 when leading after two periods. <laughs> so kind of crazy. Um, but the Sharks coaching staff, I mean, great to see that they were paying attention on that goal. I mean, it seemed like they were might be mulling it over a, for a couple of seconds because it seemed like there was a little bit of indecision on, okay, are we going to do it or are we not going to do it? Because they panned over to... Um, uh, over to the Tampa Bay coaches, um, Coop, John Cooper's uh, bench, <laughs> and I mean, he just looked like, okay, what are we doing here? Is this good? Or is this not? But uh, no, David Quinn would end up uh, issuing the challenge, and and the Sharks would um, again come out on the right side of a call. I mean, we kind of have seen the offsides call go against the Sharks, especially because of that whole deeming what is possession, what isn't possession um, conversation. Um, but again, I mean, the Sharks, great that they decided to pull the trigger there. And um, again, I think you got a little bit of momentum going into that third period because you, you had the feels like, OK, we're hanging around. You know, this this Tampa Bay team, um, you know, is is feeling it. And again, they got throttled last night. So maybe we can um, try to, to take advantage of this situation. So going into that third period. Uh, Jonah Gajevich would score three minutes uh, and uh, eight seconds in to the third. So, you know, giving the Sharks the tie very early on in the third. Um, and it seemed like the Sharks did an okay job at, at having a little bit of back and forth, especially in the in the first part of the third period. I felt that the, the team did a good job counterpunching with, with Tampa Bay. It, it seemed like you know, one team would gain possession and then they would give it up to the other team um, and, and kind of have that that flowing um, type of, of game that you like to see, that back and forth type of game. But I think I'd say the latter half of that third period, it looked like the Sharks were just hanging on for dear life because the, the shot counter would end up being uh, 7 to 15. <laughs> and I think really you got to give a... a you know, a point out of this game has to go to Capo Kakan and with some of the saves that he was making. And, and I mean, Dana, I mean, what did you see from Capo that was allowing them to stay in it in the third and just like a dog treading water? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to see him succeed because I have never been on as down on him as some people are. Um, I think if we were to put him in front of a better team, he'd probably have better numbers. Same with Aiden Hill. Um, but I think uh, it uh, probably boosted his confidence a lot that, you know, he had a great game the previous game. And so David Quinn said, all right, you're out, you know, go get him, Tiger. Um, especially against um, a really good team on most other nights, except yesterday. <laughs> um and, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not inside his head, but um, I think that was probably a confidence booster. And he just, you know, stayed where he needed to be and made the sh saves he had to. And, um, 
and yeah, definitely, definitely bailed the sharks out. So I think I, I don't know who the, you know, top three stars are or whatever. And so I, I don't know, but I, I hope, I hope Kakamin is among them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and again, like, like we had both kind of mentioned, you know, really keeping the, the, the team in it and allowing them to escape into the overtime, um, Timo Meyer would end up scoring two minutes and 19 seconds in, um, the, the Sharks had a couple of close calls at the beginning of the overtime, but really managed to, to start possessing the puck a little bit after the uh, after the Lightning were able to, you know, as, like I said, establish a couple of um, a couple of good zone chances, but not really anything too dangerous. The defense of the Sharks had done a pretty good job of um, you know keeping Tampa Bay kind of flat footed. Um, and, and Timo was able to rush it up the ice and um, able to really put a great shot on on a, on kind of one of those garbage 50-50 type pucks and, um, you know, able to give the Sharks the win. So, you know, he, he's able to get to 30 goals on his campaign already and Carlson getting the assist and Hurdle getting the assist there. That'd be Carlson's 52nd and Hurdle's 31st. So, again, just the, the stars of the Sharks – Finally, you know, breaking through um, and, and keeping the good mojo that they uh, that they had started with with uh, Pittsburgh. So a nice little two game winning streak against a couple of good Eastern Conference teams. And mm-hmm. uh, and away we go from there. Yeah. OK, guys, now get back to tanking. Dana doesn't need to be on any more wins. Two, two is fine for me. Yeah, and we had joked a little bit off <laughs> off of air on on just what's that doing for Timo's trade value. Now, you know we've we've talked about it a lot. I think we both kind of said that you know this is a player that you, you would love to keep around because he's a very unique talent and and something that doesn't really come all that often. Um, but you know the reality of the situation is is he's a pending restricted restricted free agent. Um, the sides haven't really talked about uh, any kind of uh, extension. Um, it seems been very quiet. And there's been a lot of interest from a lot of different teams on this particular player. And you're getting a marquee type power forward and a guy who can plug into your top line and just be that difference maker that you need. You know, it sucks that we are talking talking about him and with these kind of adjectives and talking about like he's already been traded. But I, I, I think Dana, the writing's kind of on the wall that he's, I don't think he's sticking around. I don't know. Cause honestly, I thought the writing was on the wall with hurdle because it was like, Oh, radio silence. Like what's going on. Um, and then all of a sudden he had a contract um, and lots of teams were interested in him. So, I mean, I, you know, it. I, I don't think he's not going to be traded necessarily, but it's more like a, I'll 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 believe it when I see it because I've you know, radio silence could also just be an indicator of, um, you know, Mike Greer and Co. wanting to you know, keep everything under wraps and and you know not let, uh, not let this distract Timo or other players or whatever it may be, um. So I don't know. I think um, I think no news is no news. Um, but 
the yeah obviously there has been a lot of interest from other teams he's um one of the uh, number one players being talked about now for trade deadline now that um, Horvat's um off the board um and if anything I'm just happy to see a shark player uh other than Carlson getting any sort of positive attention from anyone else in the league uh that in itself is refreshing maybe I'm a sadist (laughs) But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I just the 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 thing that bothered me, and and I think we had talked about it a little bit before, but it just seems like it's the buzzard circling around that carcass, and you know, I, I again, I, I just I don't love the fact that the team is being dissected for a pieces and that you know can go which way or or that, um, and you know, talking about a player who's a who's a homegrown. Um, and, and drafted in the first round and, and one of the ones that, um, you know, it took a long time to get that player and, and get a player of his ilk to, you know, to, to develop. Mm-hmm. And um, again, I, I just it, it just it's a it's kind of a crappy feeling. But, you know, you do need to get the maximum value you can for him. And I think he's a piece that. Um, is is probably the most attractive off of this roster, if I'm being completely honest. Oh, you're telling me that Eric Carlson with his 11 bajillion dollar contract is not number one on the trade bait list? Yeah, right. Shocker. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Timo was kind of our consolation prize for um, for being really bad Uh in 2015 and um that was obviously just super disappointing playoffs the year before um super disappointing season that year and a lot of questions about like what is this team where are they headed and they drafted ninth overall and they knocked it out of the park and the next season they were in the cup finals and Timo played a few games so um I don't know. I, I, I still have hope, but um, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Um, I, I, I just hope that – I hope in the future we don't have to trade away players like Jacob Magnar or Jake Middleton. Those are, those are guys you want to keep too, you know? And yeah, we only had to move players. them. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, ideally – um, you know, you should have at least a few more genuine top four defensemen, but, um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I hope in the future we can keep players like that. And also that the the draft picks we're getting for those players and for Timo and for whoever else, any other trades, please just draft well. Um, I know there, there was a lot of, uh, of, um, skepticism about, um philip bystead i didn't pay attention to the world juniors didn't he do pretty well yeah no i think he did i think he did well and and i felt that he did a lot to develop his game um and you know again another year over in in um sweden i mean is going to help his development so you know i think he's on the right path um is it's too early to to know kind of what he projects out to be yet yeah um, yeah, I just know people were like, bust, like, why would the Sharks waste this pick? They could have had Brad Lambert, they 
whoever else. Um, uh, so I don't know. I'm not, you know, the jury's out on uh, M- Mike Greer and co uh, drafting. Um, uh, so yeah, don't script the draft picks because a draft pick is a bag of magic beans. Um, or is it magic or are they just lima beans? I don't know. Uh, so well, yeah, gonna have Dra- to draft be... picks are great, but you got to draft well. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to hit on these to really try to get themselves out of this tailspin. Um, because, you know, it, it's clear that the talent deficiency on the team is is pretty wide when you consider it a, against a, a real contender, or, or, you know, a real playoff <laughs> ready. Yeah, Tampa. Exactly. Not tonight. And it was sheer luck that the Sharks, I mean, whether it be luck or whether it just be um, having a little fresher legs, but I mean, it really razor thin margin. Um, type of a win tonight and again it just should go to be a uh, a barometer of where the team is at and that you know I think it can punch above its weight class every once in a great while but on the majority of nights it's going to be overmatched by teams with more stars um, maybe more physicality and um, you know song, stronger center depth against um, because I still think that the team is a center short, um, still think the team is a winger short. Um, and again, we didn't even get into Kevin LeBanc being scratched tonight, but you just wonder what's Ooh. happening to, to him and you know where he fits in all of this. So I think that there continue to be more questions to this Sharks team than, than there are answers. Um, and unfortunately, wins kind of cloud that because you know we really do need the team to to, to suck so we can get stop some track and stop Dra- having games go to overtime i mean at least they won this one excuse me would have been worse if they <laughs> yet another overtime loss yeah right exactly so uh again the sharks were able to uh to beat the tampa bay lightning four to three in overtime um timo meyer getting the overtime winning goal uh, and again, it's gonna it's going to be a fascinating trade deadline. That is for sure. We'll see where the team ends up uh, going along. If it's gonna stand pat or trade off the periphery, or we will get a uh, a big Meyer trade, or or maybe something else. But uh, in case you missed it and you want to check us out again, check us out across. All the social media, excuse me, all of the podcasting platforms, <laughs> that being the Apple Podcast Store, the Google Play Store, the YouTube Rewind, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and I think we have Audacity as well. I think this is one of the older graphics. <laughs> but with that being said, Miss Dana, what are your final thoughts? Oh, Final thoughts, post-it counts, and where the people can find you. <laughs> um, my final thoughts are um, goalies can make or break a game and for, for better or worse. And um, uh, yeah, at least the Sharks, you know, if, if you're going to take it to OT, just win. <laughs> um, so yeah, they did that. Um, and, uh, you can find me at, um, Dana, M-E-Y-Y on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can also follow my cat 
at Margie underscore the queen on Instagram. I care more about her account than mine. <laughs> Go check her out. Go check out Margie the queen. <laughs> and uh, as far as uh, my final thoughts, you know, it's good to to cover a win every once in a great while. Um, can't lose uh, your your sight on the main objective, though. I think Connor Bedard wearing a shark jersey should we should manifest that and 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 really see it in the mind's eye because <laughs> that's that's what I would be hoping for for you know, a, a good long dominant period for the Sharks, um, especially with how we've been uh, going for the last, you know, three or four years. But uh, as far as where you can find me, you can use my first name. That's E-R-I-K, last name L-A-N-D-I, across all the social media garbage. And for everybody at TealTownUSA.com, keep it real, keep it teal. Keep it real teal, and we'll see you after the next game. Thank you, everybody. Have a great night.